This is Kyle Cord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. You <laughs> jumped up and... That's Austin Nate, who is going to be that guy. And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it, a stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screen or draw? Oh, Wilson. He's going to uncork for the end zone, and he drops it in beautifully, and it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Bruning. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And it's got the field on the carry. Watch out. Justin Fields. Hello, Columbus. 51 yards. Vernon, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's gonna be rated higher. Well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Our apologies for Kirk Street and Atlanta's time will get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Vernon and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. I've admired this man's work from a distance for a very long time. He's very generous uh, with his time and his insight, more so than anyone in the industry. You can find his work at SB Nation. You can find him at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Uh, Mark, our show was kind of founded on the Justin Fields, Zach Wilson debate. want to talk about Fields tonight, given that you've written about him recently. What is going on with this player that we all had such high expectations for? Yeah, first of all, Felix, thanks for the kind words. And a second, I was like going to look behind me. I'm like, he's talking about somebody else, right? Like, he can't be talking about me with that kind little intro there. But, yeah, I I wish I had, like, the full answer to the Fields question because he was a player that I loved coming out of Ohio State. It was my QB2 in that draft behind Trevor Lawrence. I had such high hopes for him. I remember I was on a Patriots live stream with some other Patriots fans the night of that draft. And we were sitting there at 15 and Fields was kind of falling. And we're like, we're this close. We're, we're, we're within range. And then you hear a team's come up and it's like, could we have made the move? Could New England have come up for Fields? And, and as we know, Chicago. Um, and I remember the, the, the crestfallen nature of my face when that went down. Uh, so I had such high hopes for him. What I wrote this week and what I think we're kind of seeing with Fields right now, it's a trust issue. And there's layers to it. There's different components to it. He doesn't trust what's happening in front of him with his protection. And so there was a moment, for example, he had had St. Brown on a dig on a play-action concept this week against Houston where 
it's open early in the down. He feels a little bit of flash of color. He sees a little flash of color, a little bit of pressure to his left. So he pulls it down, resets in the pocket, and then misses the window because the defense recovers and becomes a tougher throw. He's not trusting the guys downfield, the two interceptions, the one to Komet, the one to Mooney. Those are throws that he's just going to put on them, and he's trying to make the perfect throw either because he's worried about their coverage, worried about the leverage, worried about whatever. He's trying to be too perfect with those throws rather than just gripping it and ripping it and being confident. And ultimately, it's that. It's a lack of trust and confidence in himself right now. You know, he had that 29-yard run against Houston on a third down early in that game, but it's on a smash concept. The hitch is there. The corner is there. Even the deep angle route that's over the top of both of those is kind of there if he wants it, and he's looking at it, and he pulls it down because for whatever reason, he's not trusting himself to make that throw. And so you add this up, and you have a quarterback that right now is playing like he's scared to lose his job, so he's afraid to do the things he needs to do to sort of keep his job. And so that's what I see with him right now. I hope that he can overcome it. I hope that with more time in this system, more time in his offense, he can sort of overcome this. But we're now, you know, year two in the NFL, third system in three years, dating back to his time at Ohio State. That's when it becomes a little bit worrisome. We talked a lot about his – his perfectionist tendencies when he was coming out of Ohio state, I think it was pretty well documented um, that he was kind of that guy. Is, is that ultimately what hurts him? I mean, I know you think of perfectionist and you can think of like a Peyton Manning, but there's a lot of other quarterbacks over history who have been great who have not had that, that genes. Is that kind of what's, what's hurting him? You think in the long run here? You know, Austin, I think there's there's something to that. I mean, you look at some of the things that we're seeing from him right now where he's trying to make the perfect throw. He's trying to do things in such a precise nature, like the two interceptions where he's trying to throw the absolute perfect ball rather than just putting it on the frame and let his receiver make a play. It does get it give you that sort of impression, that vibe that, like, he's trying to be too perfect. He's trying so hard to avoid mistakes. And that's when you start to wonder, look, the phrase defensive minded head coach never sort of instills confidence. And in, yeah, they're going to put that quarterback in a position to be successful. Cause when you hear defensive minded head coach, your immediate thought is he, they're going to tell him they're going to drill it into his head. Don't turn the ball over. Don't make a mistake. That leads you down the road as a quarterback of I've got to put these throws in the perfect spot. If I don't trust this 100% completely, I'm not going to throw it. Cause I don't want to throw an interception because they're telling me on the sidelines don't make mistakes. And so you combine a perfectionist natured quarterback with the sort of instilled fear of God, don't make mistakes, don't turn the ball over from a defensive mind headed coach. That adds up to kind of what we're seeing right now. Mark, you mentioned you liked him all the way back to his Ohio State days. And I feel like quarterbacks out of Ohio State get this stigma that they cannot work out in the NFL. Fields was kind of the golden child for someone like me as an Ohio State fan. I was like, he's the one who's going to prove all these people wrong. Are we at all worried that this Ryan Day offense that does do a great job of scheming players open on the college level is hurting these quarterbacks moving on to the NFL? Or do you think it's just all – it's not working based on coaching staff and decisions they're making on the NFL side of things for Fields? I mean, I feel like the the true and correct answer is it's just not working – at the next level because of, you know, other coaches and things like that. But we all know what happens in this business, right? The person that's probably tracking the Justin Fields experiment more than anybody else is CJ Stroud, because he knows full well, 
if Fields continues down this road of he's struggling, he's making mistakes, he doesn't look good, it's going to impact how people view C.J. Stroud in a couple of months. And Stroud right now for me is QB1. Like I, I, I love C.J. Stroud. I do think, though, if Fields struggles, people are going to look at C.J. Stroud and say, I see it now. Whenever I write anything about C.J. Stroud in the comments, in the tweets, whatever, it's can't, t- can't trust an Ohio State quarterback. And so we know how this game is sort of played. People will scout the helmet and not the traits. I do think that, like you said, Matt, the, the, the day offense does a great job at scheming receivers open. And I think there's also an element to this offense because I remember during Fields' draft process, a lot of people pointed out a lot of their routes convert deeper downfield. You know, it's not just option routes underneath. It's a 10-yard conversion, a 15 or 12-yard conversion and what we're seeing now with Fields is he's sort of waited on things a little bit longer. He's sort of waited on concepts a little longer because that's what he's used to. And so you start to wonder, okay, while that does work at the collegiate level and you can get away with it at the collegiate level, you don't have the pass rushers you're seeing in the NFL. You don't have the speed that you're seeing in the NFL. You have the time to do that. It might sort of impair, stunt, slow their development for when they get to the NFL and everything has to happen so much faster. So I don't want to jump too far ahead with this question, but I I think there's a fair narrative here with, with what happened with Mitch Trubisky. We saw him get drafted by a different regime for the bears. They bring in um, my goodness is Nagy. They brought in Nagy tries it for two years. Doesn't work out. They end up letting him go, goes to Buffalo, kind of rehabilitates himself, gets the starting job in Pittsburgh with us on the fantasy side of things. There's a lot of narratives right now that Justin Fields has almost kind of become a lost cause already because he's only completing eight passes a game and all of this. Would you still be willing to bet on him if that does happen to him as well? Two years, this new regime decides, you know what? He's not our guy. We're going to draft somebody else in the 2024 class. And they let Fields go and he goes to another team. Do you believe in his tools that he could develop still down the road if he goes somewhere else with an offense that is more conducive to his skills? Oh, absolutely, Matt. I- I'm still a believer in Justin Fields. And part of that becomes I'm a believer that Bill Walsh knew more about quarterback play than I ever will, right? And Bill Walsh always said to give a quarterback three years, three years. That's the time it takes to sort of figure it out. If they can't figure it out by the end of that third year, then like, yeah, we have a problem. Justin Fields is at the start of year two. I understand the sort of business angle here where you have a new general manager, you have a new head coach, defensive minded head coach. This wasn't the guy they drafted. And so we know the NFL is a business. They might decide, look, we haven't seen the development from Justin Fields that we want. As a result, we've had a bad season. We're picking in the top, say, seven of this draft. We've got C.J. Stroud. We've got Bryce Young. We've got Hendon Hooker. We've got Will Levis. Like, name the quarterbacks that we're excited about. They've got an opportunity to draft one. They go in a different direction. Fields then finds a new home via a trade, different offense, different philosophy, perhaps a more offensive-minded approach. I'm still going to be a believer. Now, if we get through that third year in a new system that's more conducive to his skill set and it's still not working – then I think it's time for me to admit defeat. But if it's a situation where we're talking here next year that he's in a new system and a new offense, I'm still going to believe until we get to the end of that third year and we're still seeing some of these issues with him. So it sounds like Mark is not calling him busting uh, just yet. Not Excuse yet. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, Mark, how much blame is is belongs to the Bears organization? When I, I think about um, – 
what the Ravens have done with Lamar Jackson, what the Bills have done with Josh Allen, specifically bringing in Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders and Stephon Diggs, even drafting a running back out of the backfield that he can throw to and get his completion percentage up in James Cook this year. Does does it seem like Chicago has a plan to emphasize Justin Fields' strengths? Felix, they they went out and got Nikhil Harry. Like, I mean, come on. They're certainly putting weapons around them. No, I mean, that's a that's a frustrating part to, to this evaluation and this discussion is, look, Moody is a nice piece, you know, and St. Brown, they're all like receiver two, three types. Who's the guy that when it's third and seven, Justin Fields knows, look, I've got a guy I can throw to. Like it, all things being equal, coverage equal across the board. I know what he's going to be, and I trust him to pick up a first down. Because you look at what other teams have done, right? Buffalo, they go get Stephon Diggs. Down in Miami, what do they do for Tua? Not only do they pair him with Jalen Waddle, then they add Tyreek Hill. Like Joe Burrow, here's your old buddy Jamar Chase. You see, I mean, even out in the Raiders, I know they're 0-3, but they go get Devontae Adams. Teams have realized that you need chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver. Like, you need that. And they've done through roster construction what you might not be able to do under the terms of the CBA with the limited practice time. They've just supplied the built-in chemistry by going out and getting former teammates, guys they know. Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, here's your buddy, A.J. Brown. Like, now A.J. Brown, you know what he's going to be on third and 11. We saw that early against Minnesota on that Monday night game. Third and 11, pressure off the edge. Typical moment where you might expect Jalen Hurts to pull it down. No, I'm going to stick and throw from the pocket because I know where A.J. Brown is going to be on the end of the, this deep curl route. And so I, I think there has been, and maybe it, you know they had to make some moves, but now they have opportunity, cap space, draft capital, to go out and be a little bit more aggressive. So to date, I'm not a huge fan of what they've done around fields. I don't know if they've done enough to put them in a position to be successful. And that's my hope that, that we see enough improvement that they can say, look, there's enough here that we can believe. Now let's go get a receiver to form. Let's add some weapons around him. Maybe some guys that he knows, some guys that he's familiar with, some guys from Ohio State that he might have known while he was on campus and thrown to a little bit and see what you can get now in year three with him. If you want to learn something about quarterback play, you need to follow this man at Mark Schofield on Twitter. He's at SB Nation. You can find his work. He's written about Tua Tunga Vialoa uh, here recently. Follow him at Mark Schofield. Mark, we appreciate you for joining us. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Have a great night and a great show. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> thank you, Mark. Guys, I mean, this is it's difficult. What we do, specifically what we do, when we are projecting these players from high school to college to the NFL, it is extremely difficult. But I would have assumed, tongue in, look, listen, I know that I'm Mr. Bustin Fields, but, and that's t- uh, somewhat tongue in cheek, but I would have assumed that Justin Fields was the best bet that we could make. I mean, he was right there with with Trevor Lawrence. The athleticism, the leadership ability, he transferred from Georgia to Ohio State, and you could tell from looking at their social media that his teammates gravitated towards him. I would have assumed that this guy, Austin, was a sure thing. Yeah, I mean, I I think I talked about it on this. I talked about it on some show. Um, if, if Trevor Lawrence wasn't like uh, – never existed or – you know, never discovered football as a kid. He would have, Justin Fields would have been the best quarterback prospect in the past five years. He was just, in my opinion, the NFL apparently didn't agree because he wasn't even the second quarterback taken in his class, but um, I, I thought he was that level of a player. So 
Um, the problem for Chicago is that like they just didn't have any resources this offseason to really go help him out. Like I, I people want to pile on them, but I don't think they had a lot of other options really. I mean, I guess you could instead of getting Jaquan Brisker in the second, you could have gone and tried to get um, you know, George Pickens. Or George one Pickens, these, yeah. one, one of these kind of guys. I really like Brisker though. I cannot fault them for that for that pick. Well, so I mean, why I, did they I, go Brisker though? Because a defensive minded head coach, right? Maybe like that's what like you Pickens. would think. I don't know. I mean, I mean, my my issue with with all of this is, and and Mark just mentioned some of it. He didn't even mention, you know, they went out and got Garrett Wilson, and who was the other wide receiver they brought in this offseason for Zach Wilson? They bring in Brees Elijah Hall. Moore, Corey Davis, yeah. Jacksonville. Brees I mean, every, yeah. everybody goes out there and torches Jacksonville for paying Christian Kirk all this money. Dude looks damn good so far this season. They go get him. They bring in Zay Jones. Like Chicago's move was, and I, I have an issue with this. If this is even true, is they bring Justin Fields into the room and say, "Hey, watch this film of Bellis Jones. Do you like him? Yeah, he's good. Okay, we're gonna go bring him in." They did nothing to help Fields, and all we heard. And and you know, Felix, you and uh, Matt Waldman did the RSP. I believe it released either yesterday or today. I listened to it today. And Waldman talked about one of the things that was talked about with Fields is that sometimes he is a slow processor. You have no wide receivers, as Mark just said, to help him out. He sometimes can be a slow processor. He's got a, hor- a horrible play calling, in my opinion, and then a horrible offensive line. That all comes together for nothing but abject disaster. There's no way he can succeed at this point. And they're not even giving him, Felix, you always talk about you need reps, right? There's a big thing with Anthony Richardson right now. You need reps. They're letting him throw the ball like 12 times a game. That's not going to help him at all. So there's no way for him to get better at this point. And my biggest fear is not necessarily, I don't want this to sound like it's a mental thing for him. Like we've seen stuff like this ruin good quarterbacks. And that is my biggest fear is that this will ruin a player like Justin Fields. Cause he just doesn't get a fair shot. And then by the time he does go to another organization, we don't know if it's going to be able to help him out at all. You have to wonder chicken or egg scenario here. Like he needs to get better with more reps, but are more reps with really no receiving options and a terrible offensive line, particularly helpful reps. Like I, I, I don't really have an answer for that. So I, I, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Chicago, they're not a very good team. I mean, they've been average this year, which is probably better than most people expected. So I, I what, what kind of help are they going to be able yeah, to do? They're, they're, like, two, what, they're two and one, right? Aren't they two yeah. and one? Yeah, they, they are, are two and one. They're, yeah. they're winning. I mean, we're sitting here flaming Justin Fields. I mean, I, I, I hate to go down this route, but I almost feel like you've got to go the way Felix described Billy Napier last week. Like, you've got to help move. Ju- He's comfortable moving and throwing on the run. Get him out of the pocket. Get wide receivers open in front of him. Allow him to make the short plays first so then he can challenge downfield. Because that's the thing. Him and Darnell Mooney had a pretty good connection last year when they were going deep, but it just doesn't seem like he's got the time to do it. Or as Mark said, maybe he just doesn't trust himself to go deep at this point. Because he had, I think it was week one, even in that monsoon that they played the 49ers, he had Mooney at one point open deep and just overthrew him. You don't typically see Fields miss that throw. Can I just toss out that Cole Komet stinks and he's always stunk? Yeah. I just never have understood the – he's got cool Komet there. It's like – but cool, he's got cool Komet. I, I think it was people just trying to make it for something, right? I mean, Equinemia <laughs> St. Brown couldn't even be the wide receiver three on a Packers team that needed a wide receiver. You got Velas Jones who – I mean – they have nobody. So I think a lot of it was we're trying to prop somebody up outside of Darnell Mooney to help out Justin Fields. And it just it didn't was, work out. It, it was a great nugget that Matt brought up, Matt Waldman brought up last night for a player who has trouble processing. Um, timing routes are not good for them. 
So hitches, the corner route, smash concept, not great for them. But when you run wide receiver, when you run crossers across the field, they have multiple chances to hit that wide receiver. They could help. And it's funny he said that because that's all uh, uh, Ohio State did. No, no. Well, oh. Ohio State, Florida with Anthony Richardson. First two weeks, they was running crossers and screens like the, you know, the, uh, all day. So, um, yeah, it's a really good point to make. What, uh, Matthew, go ahead and say it. Call. What's this? Say it. Say it, Matthew. Say what? Say it. What say am I it. supposed to be saying? Yeah. Justin Fields? He's better than Zach Wilson no, still. No, no, no. Say it. Say it. What's his name? What's his name? It's Justin. Bustin! 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 Um, <clears throat> I want that kid I just to watch well. Matt's soul is like slowly draining. I just uh, no, I'm really fine. I think he's going to be fine. I honestly hope he gets out of Chicago at this point. Like, I just, I don't see the future for him there. It would be really in, insane, Mark. You know, mentioned, do they even go out this way? Like, I could see them going and taking a CJ Stroud in this draft because they view him as a safer, not going to turn the ball over. And you just get CJ Stroud in there and then Fields is on his way out. I mean, look, I I just do not think it's a good good situation. I'm not even going to lie to you. If we got him in Detroit, I would be – as a matter of fact, I wanted him – I I thought the Lions should have drafted him. I'd be ecstatic if they got somehow got Justin Fields, but that's not going to, I mean, they would have to cut him because they're not going to trade him within the division. I'd I'd love it too. I mean, that top three offensive line with those weapons around him, give it to me. Jameson Williams. So Um, are there any big free agent wide receivers next year? Not to continue to belabor this conversation, but the bears have like a hundred million dollars in cap space next year. So maybe next year is the year where they invest in somebody that's a free agent and uh, maybe draft a guy and, and overhaul it quickly. I, I'm skeptical, but maybe. If you like what it is that we're doing here on Debbie Debate or at campustocan.com, you should support us. There's a lot of free ways that you can do it. The YouTube page, we've got a Saturday morning and evening show. We've got content there all week, including watching this show. Go ahead and. I want to get this video to 20 likes, so go ahead and hit that thumbs up button. The podcast feed is free. Everything now, including this show, is exclusively on the Campus to Canton podcast feed. I mean, if you're taking a trip and you're going, you know, three hours, you got a three-hour drive, you can turn on the C2C podcast feed and get yourself all the way there. Uh, Leave us a five-star rating review. We really uh, appreciate the support. Can I answer Austin's question? You're gonna you're gonna love the names. I just pulled it up. The oh, big name wide receivers available: Nelson Aguilar, Sterling Shepard, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, Alan Lazard, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jarvis Landry. Those are probably the only names even worth mentioning. They're all the better than available. what they have there now. True, but I mean, geez. All right, that's bad. Um, I want to do a value check on some names that are hot and cold in college football right now. I think that all of these names are Debbie assets, not necessarily C2C. We get accused of being college football discussions as opposed to Debbie debate. But you know what? Mike, come on the after show and tell us that. You haven't been around here recently. All right, so value check on a couple of names. And since I created the show sheet, I guess we're going to – start with one Mayan Williams Matthew he has 43 carries on the season 308 yards he's averaging 7.2 yards per attempt and he has three touchdowns he has the third highest the third 
in all of SBS, FBS, the third highest rushing grade on the season at 91.3. He's got seven less carries than your boy Travion Henderson. Travion Henderson is averaging 6.4 yards per carry and has 318 yards per uh, 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 per attempt. But you know what's interesting? He also has three receptions. Travion Henderson's zero. What's Mayan Williams' value looking like these days? Come on. Oh, he he shrugs his shoulders so smugly. Probably like a fourth or fifth round pick. Like, he's not going ahead of the top names. So, I I even with the Ohio State name on the side of his helmet, he's not going ahead of Bijan. He's not going ahead of Jameer Gibbs. He's not going ahead of Zach Evans. He's not going ahead of Tank Bigsby. So, like, does he go ahead of a a Sean Tucker, a Blake Corum? Maybe. Devin Achain. I mean, Devin Achain seems to be getting a whole lot of love. Like, does he go in that range? And if that's the range he's going, that's probably a fourth round pick. Like, okay. Like we've seen Damian Pierce just worked out this year. Ramondre has been okay. Like it's not bad, but it's, I'm not drafting him. I mean, it really depends on the offense. He goes, I mean, where, where do you want to it's it's funny how the goalposts move because this is a guy who oh wasn't an even NFL player. Now we're like oh he's a, he's going to be a fourth round draft pick. Awesome. Did we ever say he wasn't an NFL player? We just yes, said he wasn't I've been mocked Sanders. and ridiculed for my love of of Mayan Williams, mocked and ridiculed, and he's going to end up getting either early day three or late day two draft cap. If he goes day two, I'll do something ridiculously embarrassing on this show. Let's clip that. Um, Let's clip that. Who do you think the NFL will like more, him or Mo Ibrahim? Him, him, Mayan I Williams. Think, I think the only reason to like Mayan more is because he's a better receiver. You don't, you don't have to worry about the Achilles. I, I know that. I know that Mo Ibrahim has looked good in coming back, but I think the fact that that Williams has had no serious injury that they will like him better. No, 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 no. Mayan Williams is a tackle breaker. He's got speed. Uh, uh, Mo Ibrahim is a compiler. Is just a compiler. If if Mayan Williams played for Minnesota, he'd have he'd have two thousand yards rushing. I'm saying, are you saying that Mo Ibrahim is going to get drafted before Mayan Williams? I'm just asking. I've seen a lot. Of people okay, are you you ready to put? You want to put a bet on that one? No, I'm not saying. I'm, I think that's going to happen. Oh, okay, okay, all right, all right, okay. Just checking. This for what's for, I do not have Mayan in my top ten backs in the class, so. But it's a strong class. Couldn't you see really like 15 class. backs taken between round two and, and four? Yeah, we were talking about that on C2C pod this week. We did kind of a Debbie check-in for this week's or this year's RB class. And I think Colin said there were seven or eight backs taken before the end of the third round. Yeah, this he year. said eight, and then you said you could see it going upwards of ten or twelve. I think I think ten to twelve. It's not a good class this year, like overall. Like it's not a good O line class. It's not really a deep quarterback class. Mm. Um it, not a deep D B class. So yeah, I could see a lot of running backs going early, but I'm not sure I'm not sure mine will be one of them. I think it will help that he's from the Big Ten, a big school at the Big Ten. Um is he a good receiver though? Like I don't Yes, I don't know that he's a good yes. receiver. Yes, he is. Personally. You guys, you see the five eight, you know, two hundred twenty pound thing, and think he won. He has, he has. Decent oh, we're game. calling him a thing he's now. He's a, he is he's a person a with real feelings, Felix. Come on, watch him get drafted ahead of Mo Ibrahim, and I'm going to show my ass on this show. He should go ahead of Mo Ibrahim. Oh well, there we go. 
DJ Uyunglele, um, the best game that he's had probably since his freshman season. I think that Notre Dame game was probably his best game of his career, given the stakes in that game. But against Wake Forest, 26 for 41, 371 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Matt, are you back in? Are we back in on DJU? Um, hang on. So he's caught a whopping four passes over five yards, so I'm hesitant to say he's a good How receiver. many has Travion Henderson caught? Uh, I mean, I can go pull Henderson up. I mean, I guarantee you yeah. it's more than over five yards. That's over two years. You, you want to make a bet on that? You want to make yeah. a bet on that? Yeah, hang oh, on. That's for I can wait. I said over two years. years. Not, I'm not talking about this year. year. I'm talking about this I don't year. Care about this year? I'm looking. You asked if he's a good receiving back. I'm going to go okay. look at what he's done in his right. career. Anyways, okay. am I back in on DJU? Not necessarily, but I do think it's a step in the right direction. I don't think he comes out this year. There's just too much that he's got to no, work on. There's no way. So. It's definitely a good sign that he's doing that. My biggest fear with him is even if he continues to take small steps forward, does he stay at Clemson this year? Because all we heard all offseason is Cade Klubnick's the golden child and is going to be taking over this offense at some point. So even if DJU continues to play well, and I think unless they make the playoffs, I think there's a realistic shot that Dabo just decides he wants to go to Cade or make it a competition in the summer anyways. So then does DJU have to leave, and how does that affect his development personally? I think it would be better for him to leave Clemson, but I don't know how much that would help him going, learning a whole new offense with, again, I think his, his mechanics are not quite there. Uh, I'm not back in on him, but I'm not out as out as I was, I guess a couple weeks ago. Like I like the steps he's making and maybe I just have those two games stuck in my mind thinking of like, Hey, he really could be this good again. Uh, So I I don't want to say I'm all in, but I'm not out. You're, analysis with Matt Waldman on him, I thought was really, really good today. So I'll just put my hater hat on, which is the one that I'm wearing 98% of the time. Why are we all of a sudden hyped? Because he tore apart Wake Forest. <laughs> Everybody tears apart Wake Forest defense. They they put up a, like the combined 140 points last year when they played Army or whatever. Army, like, yeah. This is not right. a good defense. The one throw that everyone was showing off should have been picked off. It yes. was a terrible throw. Yeah, uh, like the ball placement was just awful. So yes. no, I I don't think. I mean, I'll give him props. Like he's he wouldn't have even completed that last year. So it's a step up from last year. But I still haven't watched him all this year and been like, that's an NFL starting quarterback. Besides the fact that he's big and strong and throws the ball real hard. I don't think he's even a draftable NFL. Qu- like well, I don't if he went declared for the NFL draft, I I would put money on him going undrafted. I'm interested to see. So Mel Kiper at. It's Kuiper's a stooge, whatever. But like he's pretty plugged in. Like generally, when he puts out a top fifteen list or whatever, like a, a quarterback, like the, if a guy's going to get drafted, he's probably on it. He put out his top ten quarterbacks for this year, and DJ wasn't on I'm, it. But I'm almost wondering oh, okay. if people just like assume that like DJ's a 2024 QB basically because like he's been so bad. Like I don't, I don't know. But he wasn't on the list at all. It, like he had Aiden O'Connell on the list, um, one or two, Jaron Hall. Uh, a couple other guys, and I was like, DJ wasn't on there. So I don't know. It, it's hard for me to say that a kid that had a 371 yard passing performance at a Power Five school on the road that he had a terrible game. But I was like, this dude is he is still not good. He's still he is still not good. All right, um, let's move on here to Tyler Van Dyke, who was actually benched. Now I didn't get to Matt. Did you get to watch this game? 
I I only watched uh, like the first couple throws of Garcia. I, I watched it oh. like live. I didn't get mm-hmm. a chance to like go back and watch it. Watch it. I didn't want to get caught up in being right. So I kind of like want to go back and read <laughs> when it. that happens. I do too. I didn't want. Well, I want to go back and actually watch because the thing is, <laughs> watching it live. Well, tell the audience what you mean by that because they may have not caught that clip. From uh, I said uh, we we like to do a show two years ago. Famously, I actually think all three of us were fairly hot. Well, yours was definitely hotter than mine and Austin's, but I feel like all of us were fairly right on. Austin said Keaton Slovis wasn't going to be a top NFL quarterback. You said Graham Mertz was going to be the next Peyton Manning. Objectively, there you you threw some outliers in there, and uh, I said that Devonta Smith was going to win the Heisman. Uh, so this year, I said that I felt like Tyler Van Dyke was at some point going to beat out Tyler Van Dyke, and, or sorry, Jake Garcia was going to beat out Tyler Van Dyke and take that job away from him. I don't want to say he necessarily did that. He, Tyler Van Dyke was benched because he was playing badly. And as I stated on Twitter, and I've talked to a couple people about this off the show, I don't know that they're necessarily moving to Tyler Van Dyke. I think it is one of those things where like, or, golly, I keep saying Tyler Van Dyke, Jake Garcia Van Dyke was playing so bad. I feel like it was one of those things like you just have to get him out of that game at this point. He's doing more harm to himself than good. You get him out, put Jake Garcia in there. What I meant by getting caught up in the moment of that happening is I turned that game on when I saw the Twitter going crazy. Like, hey, they just put Jake Garcia. I was like, no way. So I go back and I watch it. From what I remember in watching it live is he made a lot of good throws, but he also was getting the crowd into it. They were excited because they started bringing him back. He didn't throw a touchdown. I don't remember any like wow plays. So I do want to go back and watch it again after the fact. I just think it would be they hard. Can't, they can't go to Garcia because if they do, Tyler Van Dyke enters the transfer portal that day. I don't think Cristobal cares because of something you said with Waldman today. That's not their guy. So I, I don't think that they care. I think they're trying to figure out what they have in that room because they've already recruited two guys they consider very highly in Emory Williams and Jaden Rashada, who are coming in next year. Mm-hmm. So the only – I could see them going to Garcia in the fact that this is a bye week. So I'm going to be paying very close attention to any practice reports coming out to Miami this week if, hey, all of a sudden Garcia's taking a lot more snaps because I could see this is the perfect time to transition to Garcia if they want to. And I he's only played four games this season, so yeah. he could still – he could redshirt. And red shirt this year. Yeah, are they I, practicing I, this week? I would. I don't know. Florida, they made Florida seems out. like a bit of a mess. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what it's, they're doing. it's got pretty bad. Uh, I would what, say it's still 60-40 Van Dyke's the starter coming out of the bye week. But I, I think there's a shot if he does play because he hasn't played good all season. Let's just be honest. Some of that may be on the wide receivers. You mentioned it again with Waldman. Bad play calling by Gaddis and Mario Cristobal around. But I don't think they care about that. If Garcia is not producing, they may just throw Jake Garcia out there because of that. Whenever we had a bye week, we would sometimes do a walkthrough on Monday or Tuesday, but you generally got the rest of the week off from practice. Um, Austin, how are you feeling about Tyler Van Dyke? Um, I think I'm fading him pretty hard at this point. I was kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt just because after, like, we talked about this all, like, after, like, quarterback four, five, yeah, six. Like, did. Yeah. What was, sure, I'll take the guy that was pretty good to end the year last year, but I also said that. I think there was a pretty good chance that he that was like the best eight game stretch that he'll ever put up. He was getting bailed out hard last year. I remember watching turning on a game. It was like a Thursday night game they were playing and he threw this touchdown pass. That was he he threw it basically right to a defender and it doinked off the defender's helmet straight up in the air. <laughs> and it came down in Jalen Knighton's yeah. arms in the back of the end zone with like nobody around him. I was like, 
That's like a 30-yard pass that he gets credit for. And I swore that happened like twice a game. It was just incredible. Like I Wait, wait, it wait, felt wait. not it, it's, sustainable to me basically well, last year. It's a big difference going from Rhett Lashley to whatever is. Josh Gaddis yeah. is. It's a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and they don't really, I mean, they don't even have the great running backs either. Like they want to establish the run. Like they're right. all they're so banged up back there. Like they've got they've got Parrish, they've got uh Knighton, uh Thad Franklin, I think, like discarded yeah. five star guy. Like they don't. There, there's not a lot of weapons at all on that team. So I will say the like, whole team is bad. It's not, yeah, it's not a great roster. E- even that offensive line where you Cristobal's supposed to be the magic guy, like he's supposed to be able to work miracles, they're playing bad. Like it's just not it's bad all around, unfortunately. We're doing a value check-in on some of these players. Uh, we've discussed Mayan Williams, DJ Uyunglele, and Tyler Van Dyke. Go ahead and like this video if you're watching us on YouTube. All right. I guess this, I, you can tell I created this list based on the names that are here, Austin. This list is terrible. Let, let's go out west. Let's go out west to, to the Pacific Northwest. Michael Penix Jr. leading the country in passing. I mean, he's got to be a candidate for all of the, like the Maxwell Award and all of these kind of the Davy O'Brien Award uh, this season. But does it stop there as far as him being a college? Like, what? Are, I don't know. My questions are: Do you think he's an NFL quarterback? after the season, if he can stay healthy and kind of, what do you see his outlook for the rest of the season? Yeah. I mean, we pretty much said whoever was the quarterback at the school would probably do well. I mean, just looking at, I mean, DeBoer's worked with Penix before and he, that was his best year. Um, <laughs> uh, I hope we get the Troy O'Meary tonight. Um, um so, like, I the gallery, the peanut gallery in here, chiming in, <laughs> chiming in shots. So, I, I do think this is good for his development, but I think he's gotten time with him before. And then once DeBoer left, he was, well, he was injured, but he also wasn't very good. So, it really makes you wonder, like, what percentage of this is just DeBoer's offense. I mean, Jake Hayner hasn't been amazing this year. Now he's hurt. Um, with without him, I think it's so much of it's DeBoer. Like he might lead the country in passing, but I can't, I can't see an NFL team loving him. I just can't with the extensive injury history, with uh, his his documented mechanical issues. I don't know, Felix. I mean, third round yeah. feels like the highest he could possibly ever get to. Well, because of the health, I mean. So I watched the uh, what Stanford game pretty intently because I wanted to see, all right, this kid is playing as well as he is. Has he corrected the uh, mechanical mistakes? I mean, his base mechanics as far as where he is stepping when he's throwing the ball, which leads to him being inconsistent, he, d- he, he did that in 2020. He did that in 2021. It's still there. It's still there at, at Washington. He, his base mechanics are still poor. The only difference is he's getting he, – his protection is great. I can't – I think um, – Washington's offensive, like they're tenth in the country in in pass blocking grade, or, or something like that, tenth or eleventh. They have a like he like when you watch them at Indiana and when you watch them play against Ohio State, it was like set hut flood of pressure coming at him. He is being he's being really uh, well protected there at Washington. So I'm going to be anxious when they play, you know, some of these these uh, bigger big uh, Pac-12 matchups to see how he fares against them. But I, but the thing w- that we know about Michael Penix Jr. is that when the lights shine the bright, he's like the opposite of Kirk Cousins. 
when the when the, and when it's a big time game, when it's Penn State, when it's Ohio State, he is going to come to play. So I can't wait to see him play USC. That's I mean, I'm going to be. Have they played? They haven't played Oregon yet, have they? Like when no. they play Oregon, like I, he is going to come to play. He is a dragon slayer. And I, and, and had he had Kalen DeBoer for four years, had he been healthy for four years, we'd be talking about him as a potential first round NFL draft pick. I mean, yeah, we, we talked a little bit about him when we did uh, College Fantasy tonight a couple weeks ago. I, I I felt like he made some really good throws in that Michigan State game. Unfortunately, as Chris K said, I cannot get arm uh, arm punter out of my head. I just I can't get that out of my head now. Uh, <laughs> all he does is arm punt the ball down the field. What does he? What does he mean? Because what does he mean by that? Do you elaborate I assume on that? that he means that he doesn't have a good deep ball throw. I think his arm is fine, but I'm assuming that's what yeah. he means by that. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. So he it, he holds the ball deep in his palm, and he's a bit of a shot putter. Like that's, but he still has good velocity on his throws. So it's, I this he's been so injured. I feel like he's never been able to work on his game mechanically in a spring. Even this off season, he was healthy, but he still transferred schools. So, you know, what time, what time do you have to work with like your private QB coach or whatever, when you're injured or transferring? Just the next guy, Washington plays Oregon, November 12th. They do not play USC. And the rest of their schedule is not particularly strong in the PAC 12 here. They have UCLA, Arizona state, Arizona, Cal, Oregon State, Oregon, Colorado, and Washington State. So no Utah, no USC. I That's think they got all these. There's, there's a path there to a, a Pac-12 championship. That <laughs> yes. schedule right there. Yes, absolutely. Um, that Oregon game is. I mean, I'll be interested to see what Oregon is looking like offensively because they've been a, a lot better <laughs> than they were when they got curb stomped by Georgia. That's what sucks about when you lose that week one matchup. People just kind of write you off and don't even pay attention to you. Uh, but Troy Franklin's playing well. Bro Nix is is doing all right. Um, Hendon Hooker, could he be the quarterback three in this 2023 class in a freaking weak class? Anybody could be the quarterback three yeah. in this class. I I think the, the, the answer to that should just be we don't really care who's the quarterback three in this class. Mm. So mm-hmm. whoever it ends up being, that's fine. Like I still I, – I don't love him. I don't love Levis. Who else is in contention for it? Um, Jay Kaner, Anthony Richardson, like, not yeah, really, but like as we've said, he probably doesn't come out this year. Like, there's no one else there. It's it's a, not a deep class. I mean, do you? There are some in the community that are high on him as being an NFL talent. I've never thought that about him. I thought that he's always been a good college quarterback, but not an NFL guy. Do you see him being like this is somebody who could start at the in the NFL? I don't think he's a great anticipatory thrower, at least from what I've seen. You don't necessarily have to be like Dak is very see it, throw it, and he's done okay in the NFL, um, although struggled the past couple of years. I think the big thing for Hooker that people want to dismiss on, like when I see on Twitter and stuff, people talk about this, and I don't get it, is he's going to be 25. Right. And I've seen people say it doesn't really matter, but I think it does. Like I can't think of any quarterbacks that have come out that have been that old that have ended up being – like he's 25. He should be whooping in college yeah. like he's he's older he's more experienced he's probably more physically means it's kind of almost at his physical peak right now uh he, he should be crushing these kids so um i actually don't think the nfl will like him very much it wouldn't shock me if he goes like round four round five yeah nelly chiming in brandon whedon 
uh, being yeah. one of those quarterbacks who was that old and he was not good at the NFL level. So yeah, like Burrow um, was Burrow was like twenty three, like he was old. Yeah, he, but he not even two, that old. It was two years younger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz. I feel like Carson Wentz was twenty three when he was drafted. Also, yeah. so um, okay. Uh, what about baseball cut ins? How are we feeling about baseball cut ins to college football games? I bet you that. We interrupt your regular scheduled college programming to bring you this Aaron Judge at bat. Romano usually has pretty good control, so two walks, a little unusual. Up next for the Yankees, the center fielder, number 99, Aaron Judge, number 99. What a bunch of assholes. <laughs> I don't like baseball at all. So uh, I mean, look, I love baseball. I'm probably one of the me and Moxley are massive baseball fans. Why the hell you would throw an Aaron Judge bat in <laughs> and at bat in during a Clemson Wake Forest? Know your audience here, ESPN. That was a horrible misjudgment. Nobody watching Wake Forest Clemson wants to watch a Aaron Judge at bat. Over under 40% of the audience knew that Aaron Judge was even chasing some sort of home run record. Over under. I'd take under. the over. They're talking about it at the time. I'd take the under. Under. You know how regional college we talk about that all the time, how regional college regional college football is? No, I bet they had no idea. Yeah. I did I did not know. I mean, I listen to podcasts, but I listen to all college football and college fantasy and NFL podcasts. I had not I do not listen to first take if they were talking about it on first take. I had no idea that he was chasing some sort of record. Um it's not even really a record. A record that's not actually a record. Yes, yeah. a record that's <laughs> not a record. Yeah. <laughs> AL it's the AL home run record. Uh, I, I think so, but it, it's not like they're making it out to be it's he's going to be the clean home run champion because he'll have more home runs than anybody else, even though technically Barry Bonds has more, but he was on steroids. So what would be the worst thing to cut into college football? Is it Aaron? I don't think it's Aaron. It's not baseball. What if they were like uh, an episode of the pioneer oh, woman cooking something? You know what's you know what's going to happen, and I think people will consider it worse even though i think austin and i will disagree with this i could a hundred percent see this holiday season during a bowl game if like usa or somebody scores in the world cup they will cut mm -hmm. in and show it especially if it's an important people goal and go people ballistic. will be pissed we'll i disagree with bowling moxley because if they were to cut in and be like who do you think you are i am everybody would have loved that shit so I've got a list here of players that I think are should enter the transfer portal. I've got – listen, I tried to get a top ten, but I was trying to get ready for the show, so I didn't get quite get to ten. I've got seven. I don't know how I should set this up. Should I do, like, most likely to transfer to least likely or – I'm just going to read the list and we'll talk about it, okay? I'm going to read from least interesting name to most interesting name. Number one or number seven. No, I, if he did transfer, you know what? I should have put Troy O'Meary on this list. He's going to Houston. There's like, that's where he's going. He's going to Houston. If he transfers um, Giovanni McCoy, the red shirt freshman quarterback 
from Idaho who is playing great this year. He's completing like 90% of his passes in his last two games as a redshirt freshman. I don't know why this kid is a no-star recruit out of the California area for FCS Idaho. Looked good against Washington State. Looked good against Indiana. Throws the ball downfield. He can play at the Power 5 level. He or he can play at the FBS level, I should say. Let me back up Austin's, oh, Austin's face. <laughs> he could start for tennessee tomorrow i mean he'd be better than hudson card for one better than hudson card i mean as a fill-in for for quinn ewers yeah he'd be better than dj uyunglele that's for sure all right he's number seven on my list ready for number six number six is ty thompson he's got to get get, out of you said they get better right Ty Thompson, number six. Number six, he's got to get out of Oregon. I have no idea where I'd put Ty Thompson. Um, We have no reason not to continue to be high on him. I mean, anytime we've seen him in the spring game, he was good. There There is reasons to not be high on him. Two coaching staffs have told you that they don't want him to be your starting quarterback. Same thing you could say about Sam Heward. I, I, I mean... That's why both of them had dropped. I mean, I know, Austin, I think you've talked about it on Campus Life with Colin. I think you guys talked about, like, him going to a Houston. I think him going to, like, a Minnesota would be good if he can oh, yeah, like move out one. there. Like, I would love to see him get Michigan State? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I would love to see him get his shot, but I feel like the fact that Mario Cristobal <laughs> and them said he ain't it, and then – we see Dan Lanning and um, goodness gracious, Kenny Dillingham come in and granted I understand the Bo Nix connection there, but even then they're like, yeah, no, like even in these blowouts where it's like 70 nothing, like, yeah, we're good. Ty, you just stay here. Let Bo do his thing. That worries me. He's from Arizona. Could he be the new face if they bring in an exciting offensive football coach to Arizona state this off season? Oh, I think Arizona well, state might get nuked, but if they don't by the NCAA, that could be fun. That'll be the last thing they do before the NCAA no, no longer exists is nuke Arizona State. All right. Bidding. Here's number five, okay? Arkansas running back A.J. Green. They are uh, – I, I can't believe that uh, – I always forget Coach Sam what Pittman. I always uh, – yeah, Sam Pittman. I, I, he's actually made um, Raheem Sanders a bell cap which is surprising to me. I think Adrian Green is a really talented player. Um, he can catch the ball, super athletic. He has like a, what, a 10, 400-meter dash time. He's got some good uh, good contact balance, given that the fact that he's low to the ground already. He's like a 5'8", 5'9", player. I think he could transfer to the group of five and – at least be a guy that we want to start regularly in C2Cs on the college side. But I I I thought that he would be a really good receiving back that we should – that could, had NFL potential, given his athleticism. I don't know where I would send him. Matt, do you have a, a location for him? I mean, I keep flip-flopping, flip-flopping back and forth. Like, maybe he's just not very good to like – well, if you look yeah. at their backfield talent, it's pretty stacked, so – I mean, I'm trying to think of where in the G5 you'd want him to go. He's from Tulsa. Okay. Yeah, Tulsa. he's from Oklahoma. I mean, like top of my head says Cincinnati, but they're not going to be G5 after this year. 
you these running backs there typically produce, but that'd be going Big Twelve. We don't have to. I mean, also we don't necessarily enough. have to have to guess, but don't. I mean, I think that he is a good player that still is going to have some value. Is he truly a running back? I think that's a or question an athlete to, to answer because he was he was listed as like an athlete coming out of yeah. Uh, Could we send him to Coastal? With how good the running backs have been there, I mean, none of those guys have really stepped up and done anything this year. We were all in on Braden Bennett, all these other – they're all injured. Nobody's doing anything. I mean, I would like to see a talent like that in an option system because I mean, he's going to get a lot of – They bring in at least one really good back next year too, right? Isaiah Augustave. If, yeah. If I really yeah. like in that class who's supposed to be going there. You're making up names. August Dave. You're making you up it? names. I don't know how you, you say it either. <laughs> you stop it. Stop I'm gonna it. Make, that's why I like having Colin as a co-host because I toss all the, the tough names to him. He has no shame. You, you are you all are making up names. All right, um, Devin Neal. No, now I know that. Kansas. I know Kansas is having success. No, I don't he think can, he, he could transfer. transfer up. He could transfer up. He could, he could be Alabama's next running back. Ohio State's <laughs> next running back. It's not working out that well for Jameer Gibbs. I don't know why you don't just stay there. He's it's fine. It's working out fine for Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, fine is not receiver. what he was looking for, I don't yeah. think. You know where what Gibbs... you know where would feature him? To just go cross state to Kansas State. Hmm. Hmm. They they run one back. Just saying. Because yeah, he... Deuce Vaughn leaves this year. Yeah. He could go up. Yeah, I don't know where he would go, but I don't think like an Ohio State would be interested in him. He's not going to Ohio State. You know, and I like, but feel like those are kind of the names that Felix was tossing out. Minnesota? I think more. I like, was trying to think of like transferring up. So, no, he's not going to go from Kansas to Minnesota. I'm thinking like, could he go to USC? Uh, a blue, you know, a team he, with he does need a power. USC, uh, Oklahoma. I would, about, Oklahoma is a good one. Yeah. What about Kentucky? It's not that far no. away. That's a transfer I don't think that's, up in the SEC. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I don't know that Kentucky uses that type of you know the running back that has the all-purpose skill set. They got the two hundred and twenty-pound plotter there Didn't, at Kentucky. Rodriguez, sure Rod, yeah, Rodriguez, yeah. yeah. They'll use them if they've got them. Rodriguez had some. I, I'm. I could be wrong. I feel like he did have a lot of catches. That's why I would. Why not go the SEC? Be the all-around running. Back. He caught thirteen passes last year. It's not bad. I'm being mocked and ridiculed. In the peanut gallery by the peanut gallery here. Um, I don't want anybody to go play with Brian Kelly, Nelly. So I'm good with him passing on LSU. All right, I got two more. Let's let me do the or three more. Let's do these quick. Elijah Arroyo, tight end at Miami. I, I thought that they were going to be able to use him a little bit more. So let's send him to Notre Dame, another place. Yeah, that's that for seems uh, tight ends. It's been Andre Andre Green Jr., the wide receiver at. UNC. I'm what? telling you, he what? needs a year. I don't think he should leave. He needed an entire the fact that he couldn't get on the field at all and they're missing their only legit wide receiver weapon. He needs a mm-hmm. year. He needs I mean, a year. Give him a year. If he yeah. doesn't play at all next year, I don't think he should leave. I I know we, you know, was it who did we have on here? Kyle. Kyle Francis was not a big fan of Phil Longo's offense. But you're talking about Josh Downs leaving next year and Green possibly having the chance to be the one with Drake May for at least a year and stay in that Phil Longo yeah. offense. I think you stay. But how has he not been able to get on the field with all the injuries that they've had? That makes He's no sense. Super raw. And I know you can say, well, just toss him out there and let him run goes and like bubble screens. But I don't even know if he's ready to do that. 
There's is, he wasn't even like stacking corners in high school, like basic shit. Mm-hmm, he was not doing. Mm-hmm, I think he needs mm-hmm. like a whole year. He he's super athletic. Play. He is, yeah, yeah. But he's like super raw. His high school teammates don't seem to think so. They uh, that he was that he was good. I yeah, did a, a YouTube video on him. His, his high school comments. <laughs> his high school teammates showed up. Jumped in the comments. Told me I was yeah. an idiot. So um, <laughs> I need to go check that out. Um, he reminds me a little. The way he attacks the ball in the air reminds me a little bit of CD Lamb. Um, all right, last one here, of course, Tyler Van Dyke. Like I think we're gonna find this one out here soon. Like he is going to be. If he's going to transfer, it's going to be in the next two weeks. He's going to enter the transfer portal. And send I kind of think home. he should. Send him to SMU. You send him to SMU. Send him home. No. I was just no. I was gonna send him to SMU. SMU. Fun. Go back to Rhett Lashley. Is he a better player than Preston Stone? No. Like, I know he's we been don't proven. Know if... We don't know. Yeah, but I mean, like, maybe Lashley made, you know, chicken salad out of, you know, chicken poop. Like, I I don't know. Or is Gaddis ruining him? I don't think we know. We called that on Gaddis being uh, bad. Gatt- the combination of Gaddis of Gattis and Cristobal is like the stars aligning to fight See, against. I was, was going to say that too, Nelly. Send him to Houston. And and I agree with Moxley. The one thing I'll say on this, I actually talked about this with Nate. Um, I don't think he wants to see somebody else go in there. I think he wants Gabriel to stay one more year and give Arnold a year before he takes over. I absolutely love when you talk to the YouTube audience without reading the comments. Tyler Van Dyke to Oklahoma. I just, who says I just love it when you know when they're listening to this later on, like they won't be able to know what you're talking about. That's you could have gathered so, what so I said exciting. with Nate Marquis says he doesn't so want exciting. a transfer quarterback to go to Oklahoma. We're talking about Tyler Van Dyke. Our audience isn't stupid. I'm sure they could put two and two together if someone said Tyler Van Dyke to Oklahoma. We're gonna do a freshman draft here in a second. But I need your help, you, you two's help with something, okay? <laughs> I have t- I have two rebuilding like I had I have two teams with uh, a team with Zach Wilson and Trey Lance for my starting quarterbacks, and then like my QB three is like Tr- Teddy Bridgewater. This is not a very good football team, a very good C two C team. I've got, my running backs are good, Saquon, Javante Williams. I don't understand. I cannot trade Saquon Barkley for a bag of nickels. And I'm having the same issue with Nick Chubb in another league where people just are not trading for running backs. Has that been your experience too? And I just, I'm at a loss for what to do. Like these guys are just going to end up just retiring on my roster and I'm not going to get anything for them. Like I'm, I have to trade Saquon this year, given his age, Nick Chubb, I may have, I may have waited too long. Well, what I have no idea what you've been sending out. Like, like first, like 2024 firsts, uh, all kinds of, you know. I mean, I, I think the only way you're getting to first is if you're trying to send them to a, a contender that needs a running back or wants running back depth. Like the, the issue is, as you just mentioned, both those guys aging. Like, I don't think either one of them is going to be out of the NFL in a year or two. I think both of them will be somewhat productive for at least three more years but you can't send those guys to a rebuilding team or even a middling team. No, I'm trying to send, I'm trying to send all of these guys to contending teams. And I offered uh Jaywack. I offered Jaywack Saquon Barkley for Josh Downs and a first. And he turned me down. I mean, I would probably turn you down too. I'd rather you're, have you're sending it. 
I'd rather have Barkley. You're sending it. You're sending it to the, to Jaywack though, who like knows who these people are. You can't send it to to him. He's probably going to say no. Is he competing on the college I'm, side? I'm only in leagues with people that know who the players are. Why are we acting like Saquon Barkley is like? On the decline, like he. I mean, people think he is. Oh, I agree, but I don't disagree with you. I like Barkley. I, I think the big fear with Barkley is right now nobody knows what his future is going to be. It doesn't seem like the Giants want to want to bring him back at least right now. So he's going to be a free agent next year. We've seen as these running backs go to different teams after they're not always that successful. So I think that's probably the biggest fear. You think you could like is is the is the team that has J.K. Dobbins good? Could you get Dobbins and maybe a sweetener back? If somebody who's impatient. No, you know what? You for Saquon? Wait. Yeah. For Saquon. Or Chubb. I mean, whoever has JK, like he they may I think he's supposed to play this week. He's probably I want a wide receiver last week. I want a wide receiver back because my college running back core is really strong with Travion Henderson, Jameer Gibbs, Braylon Allen, Evan Hall. But my wide receiver core is so bad. And I'm I keep trying to trade for wide receivers. Can't do it. Can you get Mecca Plus? Interesting. I'm not. I have not. You, you have not heard me talk about a Mecca Buka on this show. I'm not the no, biggest Mecca Buka fan. Clearly, um, is it have to be wide receivers that can help you win this year on the college side? Why don't you trade for? An I don't need forming freshman. Like you who? Wide receivers. Like Andre Green. Evan Stewart. I, can, can Evan, I tried. I tried. Jay Wack has Evan Stewart too. I tried no. to trade for Evan Stewart. I tried to trade for Evan Stewart. He was like, no, I want to keep Evan Stewart. Oh I mean, God. what about Andre Green and one of these other freshmen I, that we think Andre Green, good and- I think Andre Green is the, where I need to go. I need to try to go get him. Luther Burton? I, I think your, in this league, I think your boy Ray has Andre Green, so I might need to go uh, hitting up like his Burton. I've come around on Luther Burden. I just y'all y'all hype him up a little. You, you know who who kind of let I, I've heard you all talk about him, and it's bad because I'm like mm, that didn't change my opinion. But Luca on Twitter, his breakdown on Luther Burden, I was like, okay, all right. Uh, you know what? Now I'm gonna have some faith in Luther Burden. He Luca has Luther Burden as his, his wide receiver one overall, like in college. Period. Not just freshman. He has him as wide receiver one overall. Uh, that's a pretty strong statement from you know a person who I respect. We needed to have him on the show. We need to have him on Debbie Debate. All right. You guys want to do a freshman draft? Sure. I just did a random order, and uh, I got the first pick. So um, here we go. You're not going to I'm Andre Green Jr. No. <laughs> no, I'm taking Nick Singleton. Oh, we're doing like this year freshman? I thought you were talking about next yes. year freshman. No, we're not talking about next year's freshman. Felix no. couldn't name two. That's freshmen. why I said it wouldn't matter that he had the first rib, the first pick. Uh, <laughs> uh, so who's next? next? Matt is next. Uh, you said you took Singleton. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Burden. All right. Hmm. How many rounds are we doing here? Well, I think those are. I uh, just two, just two. Okay. I think those are very obviously the top two players in the class right now. Uh, so okay, I'll get a little crazy here. Give me Barry and Brown, who's been mm. so damn good the first yeah. few weeks for for Kentucky. I thought they might ruin them, but no. I'm gonna take Quinshawn Judkins. Mm-hmm. That's what Matt was gonna take for sure. That's number four. No. Five. 
I'll take oof, this is a hard one. Give me Evan Stewart. I'm still in on Evan. Yeah, I like him too. Give me Antonio Williams, wide receiver mm. at Clemson. Their second leading people don't realize the second leading receiver at Clemson right now, Antonio Williams. Yeah, and, and he he so in that Wake Forest game, I think I think I'm thinking about the right player because he's zero, right? Isn't he number zero for Clemson? He lined up in the slot and had a tough catch over the middle, but he also lined up outside and like beat somebody deep. And I'm like, so when you start lining up a freshman in multiple spots on the field, that's and he wasn't there deal. for spring either. And that's a big deal. Yeah, good play. That's a big deal. Um, I feel like I'm. I want to go with his teammate, but dang it, am I forgetting somebody? I could go Devin Brown. I've nah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Adam Randall. Uh, I'm gonna take Drew Alar. Oh, oh damn it. That was gonna be my next pick. I, that's who I should have taken. Hmm. I'm trying not to take too long because I know uh you know, this is a an, an audio medium here. How about um how about Jay Not? Why not? He's been crushing it this year for Cal. Uh, 200 plus yards this past week. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna take my damn time because I don't really care. Um, I can tell by the way you just spelled Jaden Odd on this. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can see that. Jayden Nobody Ott. can see that. Jaden Odd. <laughs> uh, I took Quinchon. Who's the next freshman wide receiver after? Uh, you Evan still Stewart. got, Ted, got Matthew Golden. Rad, Randall's still available. Rand. Golden. No, I just took Adam Randall. Oh, did you? I, I think you. I'm gonna go. Let's see. It's either it's it's between. Hmm. Chetron. Right. No, I'm thinking of three different players here, and I think I'm gonna go with the player that I like the most. I'm gonna go with Jamarion Miller. Uh, I have to clarify really quick. Quinn Ewers isn't available, right? I mean, he wasn't. No, he's not available. What's going to take him now? I would have taken him with my first pick, but I just realized, you know, uh, I'll take uh, Jade on blue. I still think he's going to be good. Don't love Baxter coming in there next year, but that offense will be fine. Man. Uh, it's getting thin here. Let's go. I think I – I'll take Matthew Golden then. I'll take Golden. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he's been pretty solid this year. No longer a zero. Yeah, let's go. And I'm going to take uh, Devin Brown here. We'll stop his slide. So, uh, hold on. Let me – I'm going to give you guys a break here because I'm going to recap. That was essentially the first round and the first pick of the second round. We went uh, number one, Nick Singleton. Number two, Luther Burden. Number three, Barion Brown. Number four, Quinshawn Judkins. Number five, Evan Stewart. Number six, Antonio Williams. Number seven, Adam Randall. Uh, number eight, Drew Aller. Number nine, Jay Knott. Number 10, Jamarion Miller. Number 11, Jay Don Blue. Number 12, Matthew Golden. I need to do a better job of saying the school. Like, we're, we always have new listeners, and I need to do a better job of like just saying the schools. Because some of these guys had like Jadon Blue hadn't even played yet, hasn't played substantially. Jamarion Miller hasn't really either. Adam Randall has kind of played. Miller had a good run last week. Yeah, he did. He, he did. 
He did, but I mean, Jadon Blue hadn't gotten a lot in playing time. Drew Aller's gotten some. I don't even. Oh well, okay. Devin Brown hasn't hadn't gotten any. Yeah, he is. He did. He's gotten two. Um, he's pro. I don't know how many passes, but yeah, he's been in two of the blowouts as a third string quarterback. I gotta go. All right, I gotta go check. That's gonna be uh, a, a, see, good, a good a good. Jadon Blue has taken uh, three whopping three snaps. I wasn't sure, but. I'm interested to see that Ohio State quarterback uh, battle next or this spring. It's going to be here. Devin Brown has taken nine total snaps. He snaps. He has yet to pass the ball. Nothing but handoffs. Okay. Um, I will take. I'm a game theory. This I'm taking Kate Klubnik because I feel like I'll be able to move him for something handsome later. So. Kate Klubnik, Clemson quarterback for Clemson. Man, what do I do here? I'm going to take – let's go Tet McMillan. Let's just go Tet McMillan. He's been pretty good so far this year for Arizona. I'm still not a enormous believer in his Debbie potential, but I think you'd have a hard time arguing based on what everybody's done so far that he doesn't belong somewhere in this conversation. I want to pat myself on the back for being able to get this far this far with without looking up like – Who's actually a freshman? I'm gonna take um I mean, he had one big play against Florida. I'm gonna take Barry Brown's teammate, Dane Key. You're at 16. Wide receiver there at Kentucky. Sorry, I'm just trying to make sure this player is actually still available. So I'm gonna take him Hari and Hampton. Why not? He's Mox. he's been running the ball for North Mox Carolina. And ridicule. He likes this guy. Might as, well, now? might as well take him now and then move him for something because he still sucks. Wow. But hey, he's been he's wow. been productive so far. Yeah, I'm gonna take Katron here. I'm gonna stop the slide. Katron Allen, the running back freshman Penn running State. back there at, at Penn State. <clears throat> All right. Now I'm struggling. That's Go the last name. Oh, there's still two more? Yeah, we got to get to 24. 24 picks. Okay. Um, next wide receiver looks like it's uh, Keandre Lambert. I'm not going there. It's not a freshman. I'm pretty sure he's a third-year player. Who am I thinking of at Penn State? Um, well, Caden Saunders and Amari Evans has been better than Caden okay, Saunders. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking of – okay. We're gonna edit that part out. <laughs> um, man, can I phone a friend? Take yeah, George Petaway at at uh. Oh you know God. what? No, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take um Trevor Etienne. Ow, oh, that was my next pick. I'm gonna take Trevor Etienne. Cool. He's been he's been playing well. Now nah, you gotta take your first name. You say sorry. There's the no, no. I'm gonna take Trevor. I have Etienne. to. Um... At least in my opinion, I have to apologize to our listeners. I'll take Oscar Delp. I mean, he's looked good mm-hmm. when he was out there. Georgia tied in, tied in, tied in you right now. Like, I'll take him and take the shot that he develops and goes into the NFL. Give me uh, – I, I feel like I have to take Branson Robinson here, right? You're running back at Georgia. Wow. <laughs> I think you have to. Yeah. I mean, just based on like pedigree and like he's been knocked down because we haven't watched him at all this year. I think it's fair for some of these guys, but I mean, it, it's not like Trevor. Like Trevor Etienne hasn't been like amazing, 
and we're taking him over Branson already. There's a couple of ways I could go here, but I am going to go. Um, I just I liked Andre Green throughout this process, and it, it's making me nervous that he's not on the field. But I'm not going to go with my third quarterback, so I'm going to take Andre Green here. That's three. Oh no, that's two. Two UNC um, freshmen. Uh, I'm taking Citizen. I mean, had he been healthy, I think we'd be. He would have been taken first round with how bad that Miami backfield's been. I think we'll be fine next year. There's a lot of really good options here. You got the last pick, Austin. Yeah. So I'll just name some names here. Some honorable mentions. I'm going to take. Man, Todd's going to listen to this show and blow me up if I don't take Jordan Hudson here. But uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Cartavius Norton. I'm going to take my guy. Oh, damn. I'm going to take my guy. I think he's still leeching touches away from Jarrell Brock. It still wouldn't shock me if he takes that job at Iowa State by the end of the year. Uh, a little banged up to start things. But uh, some other names, Jordan Hudson, wide receiver TCU that I was looking at. Kobe Prentice, wide receiver at Bama. Dallin Hayden, running back at Ohio State, a kid that I really liked. But I was like, he's never going to play there. He's gotten some runs. He's looked good. Javante Barnes, running back at Oklahoma. George Petaway. North Carolina, um, and uh, Jeremy Bernard, wide receiver at Michigan State, has looked decent too. It's a good freshman class. I mean, it's a this is a good this is a healthy freshman class. Um, regarding regarding Norton, I talked about this with Eric Froton. Um, that first game of the season against Southeast Missouri, whatever that school was. Cartavius Norton was essentially the starter. I mean, it was probably like a 60-40 split, and he came up lame on a uh, like on an outside run where he beat the corner, went to the sideline, and he pulled his hamstring really, really bad. Like th- he was, this was going to be Cartavius Norton's backfield if he was getting that much of a share in the first game of the season, and he looked, he looked like he would be difficult to tackle. Because he is big and he runs kind of violently and he turns his legs well. So that's a really good pick. Hopefully he'll have a you know a, la- a good last quarter of the season once he gets healthy. But he was trending towards being – he was absolutely trending towards being the starter. Pulled his hamstring. All right, let me recap here. Uh, this is the second round. Devin Brown, the quarterback at Ohio State. Cade Klubnick, the quarterback at Clemson. Tet McMillan, the wide receiver at Arizona. Dane Key, a freshman wide receiver at Kentucky. Omarion Hampton, the uh, freshman running back. At, they're, they're all freshmen, so I guess I can stop saying that. Omarion Hampton, the running back at North Carolina. Catron Allen, running back at Penn State. Trevor Etienne, uh, the running back at Florida. Oscar Delp, the tight end at Georgia. Branson Robinson who probably had the biggest fall out of like compared to where he was taken in freshman drafts at the beginning of the season and where he at 21. I mean, he was a top, what, six pick at worst top six ish pick in freshman supplemental drafts. Uh, He's at Georgia. He's uh, picked here at 21. Andre green at 22. He's a wide receiver at North Carolina. Uh, Trevante Citizen, he's injured this year, but he is at Miami. And he's the type of running back that Josh Gaddis would want to build around. And, and then uh, Contavia- somebody asked about CJ Donaldson in the chat. What do you guys think? Oh. 
I've, I'm still not sure on him as an NFL prospect. And so I actually had two leaks this week where it's uh, you only get like two windows to pick up players throughout the year. You get one ad. And I was fine letting Donaldson go because he his like 80% of his value right now is tied up in the fact that he's a running back playing tight end. If he does not get that designation next year, he's going to be not sure like what kind of future we're looking at here. Yeah. Like it's a Graham Harrell offense. They're not known for running the ball consistently. So I, I'm not that bullish on CJ Donaldson's pro prospects at this point. Yeah. He looks good in my opinion. He looks, I don't, he, so he's a big running back who runs like a small running back. Yeah. I usually don't like those, play, but he is transitioning from tight end to running back. So if he could learn how to, use, I mean, he's, he, he's 6'2", 240 pounds. If he could learn how to use that size, then I'm really going to like him right now. He's definitely not running like a player that big. He's not lowering his shoulder in, in, into defensive backs running through people. I, I don't know that you can always develop that. It's either something like you're born with and you have that running style or you don't. But, I mean, he still runs like a big athletic man. So I like him. I like him. Um, That's it. This is a good show today. We had Mark Schofield on. We talked about Bustin. I mean, uh, Justin Fields. Um, we did a value check, transfer list, and close it out with a freshman draft. This is a good freshman class. I mean, because there are still – I mean, we went through 24 picks, and there are still players that I would that I would covet that I would trade for uh, here. So um, check out all of the content around the campus camp and family, of course. Join us on Saturday morning, 8 a.m., Better Network. We're having fun over there. We are having a lot of fun over there. There are some things that we can do on that show that we can't do here because we're not radio people. We don't know how to produce stuff. But there's, I mean, Lisa Ann just joined. Our colleague Lisa Ann just joined Better Network. So you're going to want to check us out on Saturday mornings there. Uh, and, of course, everything at campusdecan.com. That's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Curry Street. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon for Matt Bruning and Austin Nace. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Side of the field. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25. And Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. They're 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him.
for the freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards. 